Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Pei Hei in Maseches Nedarim, but we'll start in Pei Dalit Amud Beis, nine lines up from the bottom, the two dots. Kohanim Elvim Neninli Yitlu. What's going on here? So, let's recall, two days ago we had the Mishnah. The Mishnah had two interesting cases. One was the most independent or dependent woman of all time, where she says, I don't want anything from nobody. And the Mishnah said, can she get Leket Shikha and Peah, right? Obviously, in order to be eligible to pick up the Leket Shikha and Peah, those produce that was left over on the side of the, of the uh, field, as it were, she would have to be uh, a destitute, an Aniya. She really is, because she swore off all, I mean, there's three different interpretations in the Mishnah, in the Gemara, of what this Mishnah means, but basically, right, if she swears off all means of support, then she is destitute and she can pick up the Leket Shikha and Peah. Why is that not considered uh, getting hana from anybody, getting support from anybody? Because that's not really support, right? Right. That's something that's left hefker for her to take. And so that's not directed at hers. But then the second uh, part of the Mishnah discussed a different case. Not a woman who swore off anything, but a guy. Any guy, any Israel. As we know, the Jews, the Israelim, have to give... Trumos and Maestros to the Kohanim and the Levim. So now, if a guy says, Andrew, I'm not going to ever give Trumos and Maestros, that you can't do. You can't make a neder, right, against what the Torah says that you have to give. He doesn't say, I'm not going to give Trumos and Maestros. He just says, I'm not allowing any Kohanim and Levim to have any Hana from me. Okay, so the Mishnah had two parts to it. It said, if I said that no Kohanim and Levi could have any Hana from me, so then... The fact is, the Kohanim and the Levim can seize the Trumos and Maestros. They can take it. And that would not be a violation of my nether. Why is it not a violation of my nether? We'll see soon enough. But that's the first part. Basically, the, uh, what we had discussed two days ago when we learned it in the Mishnah is that is Tosfos gave us a, an interesting analysis, which is who really owns? And that's what really we're going to talk about now. I have, and this is the Goranowitz Musr moment. When I have Tzedakah Goranowitz, so who, so Tzedakah is from the word Tzedek. It's just to give the Tzedakah. Hashem is giving me, so to speak, the money, but He, want, but he wants me to use the money. It would only be just to give it to the Aniyim. Uh, and that could even more so be said, in a sense, of the Kohanim and the Leviim, in even a halachic way. Who is the owner of the Trumas and Maestros? The Kohen and the Levi owns it. So that when they seize it from the person who says you can't have it, they're not really taking something from him. They're taking their thing, right? They're taking the, that which is rightfully theirs. And so it's not really taking, right? And it's not really getting Hana. Okay, okay. The, and then the Mishnah concludes by saying that if I... For whatever reason, I have a neighbor, Mayor Cohen, who I love very much, and he is, in fact, a Cohen, uh, spelled with a K. Okay, there's a big K in the middle of his basketball, full-court basketball court in my backyard, really his backyard. And the, that, that Johnny Cohen built for him for his birthday. And so, let's say, for whatever reason, I said anybody but Mayor Cohen can have my Trumas and Maestros. So the Mishnah concludes and says that, in fact, that works, that Mayor Cohen can't take the Trumas and Maestros, everybody else can. Why does that work? So that we're going to dig in. The Mishnah, the Gemara says, Alma tova sana ena mamon. 
So let's look at the first case. The first case is like this, right? When I say, right, that, that no Kohanim or Levim could take money from me, uh, I'm sorry, no Kohanim or Levim can have my Trumas and Maestros, they can in fact take it from me, and it's not considered Hana, as I just described. So our Gemara learns from that something very fundamental, as follows. That Tovas Hana is not considered equity. What's Tovas Hana? Like this. See, when it comes to Leket Shikha just comparing it to the beginning, and we already discussed this in yesterday's Gemara, just comparing it to the first part of the Mishnah, even though there's two separate cases, there is something to learn here from the contrast. When it comes to Leket Shikha you just leave something over in your field, and any, anybody can come, and any ani, right, anybody who is poor enough to be eligible can come and take the stuff. But, Trumas and Maestros, Andrew, I could actually give that over to somebody, right? I choose which coin and levy to give the Trumas and Maestros to. So, and you can imagine, for example, a Stucco organization saying, or somebody who collects Stucco saying to Andrew like this, Andrew, you have your Meiser, right? You give away your $100,000 a year to Tzedaka. Okay. So an Ani would come over to Andrew and say like this. Uh, in order to get your right Meiser, which you're giving anyway, I'll give you under the table $10,000 cash. So that's something that's tangible. You could, you could see a scenario, right, where somebody would want to influence you, Andrew, to try to direct your tzedakah money. So it's, this is called tovas hana. Um, they, we don't usually say it with respect to tzedakah because tzedakah, a person would give it their discretion and it would not be considered normal for somebody to influence you for, uh, in order to pay you to, to direct your tzedakah. But that's just an illustration for what goes on with the Kohanim. Because with the Kohanim and Levim, Andrew, who is in Israel, could have his favorite Kohen and Levi that he likes to give his Trumas and Meisers to, right? Because that is something that the Torah gives at his discretion. The Torah didn't tell you which Kohen and Levi to give it to. And so, Andrew, I'll ask you this, and this is really the fundamental question. The fact that you have the right to decide who you're going to give this Trumas and Meisers to, is that a tangible equity that you have in the Trumas and Maestros, does that mean that it belongs to you or it belongs to Cohen? In other words, I just explained, right, that I just explained that the reason why the Cohen and Levy can seize the Truman and Meister is because really it belongs to the Cohen and Levy. It belongs to them. It doesn't belong to you. But the question is, if it really belongs to them, then why do you have the right to decide which one of the Cohen and Levy get it? So it's really a hybrid, right? You are a custodian of this money. You get to decide. So let's say it's not your money per se, but you do get to decide which Cohen and Levy gets it. So maybe it is your money. So the first observation the Gemara makes is that the fact that if you said no Cohen no, and Levy can get it and, and, it's, and no Cohen and Levy can have Hanah and they could just grab it willy-nilly sounds like your rights to decide which Cohen and Levy gets it is in fact not considered Hana, right? Because it's not really an equity that you have. So that's, it means, that's what it means. It says, Tovos, right? Hana, Eina Mamon. It's not really a tangible equity. However, as we said, in the second, in the, in the last case of that Mishnah, right? The second part of that second case, the last case is where you said that Mayor Cohen can't have it. In that case, we said that Mayor Cohen is indeed not allowed to take it. 
So Ema Seifa says the Gemara that that's a contradiction. If I say that only Mayor Cohen can't have, that's what it means, that specific Kohanim or Levim can't have enough for me, I make such a neda. So then any other coin and Levi could take their Trumas and Maestros, but this specific coin cannot take. And that, Alma Tovas Mamon. In other words, the fact, right, so which is it, right? If I say nobody could take it, so then, so then everybody could take it, right? But if I say that one person can't take it, that person, in fact, cannot take the, the, the Mamon. So the first part makes it seem like Tovas Hana is not Mamon. And the second part, the fact that I can withhold, right, Trumas and Maestros from one person when I single them out makes it sound like, well, why, why isn't it like the first case? In other words, if Mayor Cohen took it, I, I said that he specifically can't have Hana. So, but he's not getting Hana. He took it. It's technically his, right? He's a Cohen. And he, he deserves it. So why is it that in that case, he is considered to be in violation of my nether? That seems to imply that Tovas Hana is in fact equity and that he's getting some sort of Hana when he takes it. So says the Gemara, Amar Ravoshia, Ravoshia is going to give a, a, a reason. Lo kasha, harabi verbiosi Yehuda. In other words, Ravoshia is going to take a machlokas between uh, Rebbe and Ravoshia and Yehuda in a different context, and he's going to explain that they have, what, that, what their machlokas is, really there are different ways to interpret their machlokas. They are not arguing about whether Tova Sanat is in fact equity or not, but Ravoshia understands that that is what they're arguing about that that's the underpinnings of their machlokas, and he's going to reapply it to our Mishnah and say that our Mishnah, it's a, it's a um, you know, novel thing to say, we try to avoid this when we can, but he's saying that our Mishnah is reflecting, right, the first and second part of this Kohen Levi case is reflecting these two shitos as to whether Tovah Sana is mamon or not, and, that's, and that this apparent contradiction within our Mishnah is really a reflection of these two opinions as follows. Says the Gemara, the Tanya. We have the following verse. What's the machlokas, Rebbe and Rebbe Yehuda? The following. Agon of Tivlo shel chaver of Achlo. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the ganav here just for chas v'shalom, but just for illustration's sake, it's going to be fun. I stole Andrew's tevel, right? Andrew didn't, wasn't my first trimus and maizus. So I stole his tevel. Now, and I ate it. Okay. Mishalom no dmei tivlo. So what do I have to, so now it's gone, right? So it's gone. Andrew had $100 worth of produce. He had not yet taken Trumas and Maestros. That's what it means. I stole your tevel, right? So you had $100 worth of produce before you got a chance to take off the Trumas and Maestros. So, you know, if you do the math, roughly $88 out of that $100 worth of produce is yours, right? Because you take off the 10%, you take off the 2% uh, for the Truma, you take off the 10% for the Meiser. So let's say roughly $88. Now that's the only part that you were going to get to keep, right? I stole the whole pile, right? So the question is, Andrew, do I owe you $88? Because that was the only monetary value that you had in it? Or do I owe you the whole, do I owe you the whole thing? So that's a machlokas, right? Mesham lo tivlo means that you owe, I owe you the whole thing. That's divir rebi. Debe tivlo means the entire tevel, including the Truman Meister they're in. Rebbe Yosef Yehuda, Mesham el chulan I only pay the $88? That the mechulin, right? In other words, I only owe you that which you really monetarily lost, which is the amount, the full amount minus the trimus and meisers. Okay, my love, how come So, according to Eroshia, that's the machlokas. In other words, right? 
that Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Huda, who says that I only give you the $88, holds that you really don't own the other, that tovas, the tovas hana that you have, right, in the Trumas and Maestros is of no monetary value. And therefore, if I were to steal it from you and eat it, I wouldn't owe it to you because you don't own it in the first place. Whereas Rebbe, who says that I have to pay you the whole thing, holds that Tova Sana is Mamun, according to Rebbe Oshia, and that's why I have to pay you the full $100. Okay. So that's how Rebbe Oshia explains it. By the way, there is a Machlokas Rishonim about do I really, according to Rebbe, owe you a full $100? Or that's what most Rishonim say. The Ron happens to not say that. The Ron happens to say that the only thing I owe you is the $88 plus whatever uh, Kohen would pay you like he defines the monetary value of Tovas as how much somebody would pay you for you to direct it towards them, which by definition would be less than the remaining $12 because what would be the point of me paying you $12 to get your $12, right? But, but that's not how most Rishonim understand it. Most Rishonim say that, no, it's, I pay you the full $100 because after all, again, I stole it from you and then I ate the whole thing. So I have to return to you exactly what I stole from you. Uh, and, and the Tovah Sanah just means that you have ownership. So we finally get to pay Hei Amad Aleph. And we get to the top of the Rebbe, that, that Raboshi is explaining how this brisa, this question of whether I have to pay you the full $100 or the $88, is a reflection of this Machlokas by Tovah Sanah. The Rebbe Savar Tovah Sanah Mamun, right? That Rebbe holds, according to Raboshi, that Tova Sana is real equity, and therefore I have to pay Andrew $100. Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yudah Savar Tova Sana ain't a moment. Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yudah hold the Tova Sana is not really a tangible monetary gain, and therefore that's why I only have to pay you the $88. So the Gemara says, no, low. It's not really the machlokas between Rabbi and Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yudah. That's not, has nothing to do with Tova Sana. Why? The Chule Alma Tova Sana ain't a because everybody would agree that Tova Sana is not really a tangible equity. That's not a thing. Right? The case over here is like this. What Rabbi Yossi Behuda disagreeing? You, Andrew, did not yet, right? You didn't give your Trumas and Maestros yet, okay? So Rabbi holds that it's considered as if are, that it's consider, not considered as if you already separated it. In other words, there is a, there's a machlokas that you can get, that you uh, put it over here before, which is to say, how do we view your pile? Andrew, I stole your pile. It had, you didn't take off Trumas and Maestros yet. So it's a different, more fundamental question. It has nothing to do with the Tovas and other that you have in it. The question is, when I stole the pile, there was no Trumas and Maestros in it. It was just a big pile of produce and the question is, at what point do you consider the Trumas and Meister to be part of that pile of produce? It wasn't even a thought in your mind to take off the Trumas and Meisters yet. So, so Andrew thinks like Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Huda holds that it's considered as if it's already been separated because there's an assumption that it has to be separated. But you know what? Like, I stole a whole $100 pile. Uh, maybe there's another $100 pile in your barn, like, yeah, like maybe you would take off all your, the double, right, all the Trumas and Meisters from there. Like at what point, right, do we consider this pile, this, this pile to include the Trumas and Meisters in it? So if just a pile of stuff that's not yet been gemeisered, as we say in Yiddish, so then, so then what are we, 
why do we assume that there's meiser in that pile? So Rebbe says, there's no such assumption. I stole $100 worth of produce. I'll just return that to you. I have no assumption of Trumas and Meisers in it. Whereas Rebbe Yehuda would say, as you said so uh, astutely, Andrew, that every pile has a Truma Meiser assumption in it. Right, that there's an assumption of that, and that's the machlok. It has nothing really to do with your level of ownership, as right, uh, um, based on the tovas or no, the fact that you could choose who to give it to. Oh, but now the gemara says like this: if that's true, if you're going to say that really Andrew's ability to decide which kohanim and levim get this is really of no monetary equity, so mali hormu, mali lo hormu then what's the difference whether it's separated or not? In other words, just by telling me that the machlokas is whether it was separated or not, uh, right, machlokas is how do we view something that wasn't separated, right? Well, just by telling me that, then you're basically making a statement about what you hold of tovas hana. Because after all, you always, we know that you always have the ability, Andrew, to decide who gets this mammon. But if that is not considered a monetary, of any monetary value, then it wouldn't really even matter whether it's separated or not because you have, it, it's not, a, it's not, you don't have any equity in it anyways. Right? So then what, what would be the difference? So now it says, no, Elohim time of the Rebbe. This is why Rebbe wants you to return the entire amount of Tevel. We have to disincentivize just like, you know, criminal justice over here. We, we don't want there to be ganavim, and therefore, we tell, we have a halacha, right? We have a knas, midarabanan, that any time I steal something from Andrew, even though you have no tovas hana in it, and really, if I stole $100 worth of produce from you, I should only be, right, I should only have to pay you back $88. There's a knas. The knas is that, in order to disincentivize me from ever stealing, I have to pay you back $100, okay? It doesn't even sound like much of a knas. Like, I think I should have to give you back anything, everything anyway. So what would be the flip side? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yosef Behuda Savar, There you go. In other words, everybody, let's say, will say that, the, well, you could say, you can hold that there is tovasana or not tovasana. The reasoning, the reasoning for why we either, right, the reasoning for Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda, and Rebbe can have nothing to do with that machlokas. Uh, if I was Rebbe, the reasoning why I might want you to, my, I might be forced to pay you back a full hundred dollars might be just because it's a knas on a ganav to have to pay the hundred dollars irrespective of whether you own the, the tovah sanah or not. And the flip side is that Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda might say that, no, you know what, we're going to give you a knas, Andrew, because what were you doing that allowed me to steal it? You were in the living room chilling, right? And I noticed that you left the whole thing and you didn't take off Trumas and Mises yet. And it is because of that that I had the opportunity, that gave me a opportunity to steal your stuff, right? What should you have done? You should have separated the Trumas and Mises before you went in through the garage. Yes, you should have separated it right away, Andrew. And then it's therefore a knas on you, according to Yosef Behuda, you're only gonna get back the 88 because that is something that you should have done in the first place, okay? So let that be a lesson for you. But be that as it may, at this point, we still don't know, right, why, uh, whether we, what we hold with regards to Tobos or not.
right? Because now we're saying that this machlokas of Rebbe and Rebbe Yosef Yehuda in the Brisa with respect to how do we handle this Tevel situation, that this whole Pshat of Reboshia might be irrelevant. Right, to the concept of Tovas Hanah, because it doesn't, it's not a real true reflection of what the Machlokas is. So who saves us? Rava. What can I say? Rava is a legend. Four lines up from the Mishnah over here. Rava is going to resolve the contradiction in our Mishnah in a different way. Let's review. What was the contradiction? The Mishnah said that if I say that no Kohen and no Levi could ever have any uh, Hanah from me, they could still seize the Trumas and Meiser because really they own it. Wow. Whereas if I singled out Mayor Cohen that he can't have enough of me, he really can't have enough. So how does it work? Rava says an unbelievable svara. Rava Amar, shiny truma, right? The high new time adit law karcho. That truma, with regards to Kohanim, let's say, and this would be true of Meiser as well, is different. Because why can the Kohanim take it al karcho against my will? Mishim de truma lo Kohanim. Because really truma, is only and always fit only for Kohanim. And therefore, they could take it because it's really rightfully theirs. And since by making a nether, prohibiting the Kohanim, right, from getting, for, from all the Kohanim in the world, from getting Hanah from me, Shavya Afra Be'alma. Woo! An unbelievable svara. That's like this. By making it, so this is, you might think this is ironic, but this is amazing. By making it impossible for any Kohen or Levi for that matter to get any Truma or any Miser, right? I am declaring it, it's like as if I'm declaring it Hefker. I, I am in essence forfeiting my Tovas Hana, right? Because I just said nobody can have it. So by saying nobody can have it, I am forfeiting my rights to distribute it, says Rava. Oh, so now it's like Hefker. And of course, once it's Hefker, any coin and Levi rightfully owns it and can take it. In contrast, Andrew says, Rava, if I said Mayor Cohen can't have my truma, so now I have exercised my rights to direct this truma where I want to go. So that is Rava's incredible lambda shasvara as to why when I say, right, and now that, now we understand that this, this contradiction, so to speak, in the Mishnah is not a contradiction at all. Because by exercising my rights to withhold it from just one person, but I allow it to everyone else, I've exercised my tova sana, and, and in so doing, I've made it legitimate, and now my tova sana is real, and it is for that reason that Mayor Khan can't have it, because I have shown that I have jurisdiction and authority in in this, and thus I've exercised my equity in, in, in this, uh, in this truma. As opposed to if I just said nobody can have it, so now I've forfeited that right, and now everybody can have it. Isn't that an amazing shot? By being, by being specific, you're exercising your right. Exactly. That's right, Andrew. It's exactly what I mean. That by being specific, this is what Rav is saying, by being very specific, I'm exercising that right, and it, and that, in fact, is a reflection of the, and once I exercise my right, then it really is my right. And so it shows an equity. It shows some degree of ownership of it. And therefore, that's why Mayor Cohen, in fact, has to take me seriously and he can't have the Hana. Whereas if I just right, relinquish the right and say that everyone's on the same playing field, now I have no right to it at all. It's as if I was Mafkirit and everyone, including Mayor Cohen, could take it. Thank you, Mayor Cohen, for this. Of course, I would never make such an anatomy. You know that. Okay, Mishnah. Pay him it off. This is a very independent woman over here again. Uh, the thing is, we're going to get into the idea of 
Dover Shalobala Olam. We discussed this at great length in Masechus Ksubis. We're going to bring some of that up, dig, dig some of that up again, but we're going to see we have a singularly unique case as follows. Konim This woman's willing to do the work. Uh, speaking of Masechus Ksubis, you might recall, Andrew, that there is a reciprocity in a marriage, Andrew. The husband certainly has responsibilities and obligations to his wife, that's true, but the wife has a, like a minimum wage responsibility to her husband, too. Right? There's a certain amount of work that she's going to do around the house, and there's a certain amount of basic work that she's going to do uh, for, you know, for her husband to, to support you know, their joint union over here. So now, let's say she says, which means the woman says, the, well, the wife will say, she, she says, I'll do the work. I'll do my, I do my basic chores, but none of the work that I'm going to do will go to my father, nor it will go to my father-in-law, your dad, nor my brother, nor your brother. Okay, so she has decided to make a neder that her work essentially will only go to her husband. It won't go to any of the other dudes in the family. Not the brothers, not the dads, only him. Says the Mishnah, the husband cannot be made for that because as we know already, Andrew, well, let's see the run. It's the last line in the run of the bottom of Very succinctly, we just said that a husband can only be made for Nadarim that are either Inu Nefesh or Beinu Levena. Well, guess what? This is her own shtick, right? It's not, it's not, she's not saying that she's going to withhold her funds from him, right? From her husband. She's not being Ma'ana Nefesh on herself, right? She's, it's, it's on the contrary. She's just saying, she wants to keep it between them. She's allowed to do that. The, father, the, the husband has no authority to undo that nether because it doesn't affect him in any way. And therefore, she has the authority to make such a nether. Fine. However, obviously, if she says, if she says, I can't give you, well, that's a direct violation of the marital contract. And therefore, that's the, right, the opposite extreme. That nether would be considered nonsense. We would just throw it out. He wouldn't even have to be made for that nether. The nether would ever hold because that's a direct violation of her responsibilities and she cannot make such a nether. Okay. However, Rabbi Kiva Omer Yafer. Rabbi Kiva says something fascinating. That no, even that he has to be made for. He said, what, why? Because Shema Ta'adifalav Yosem in Haroilo. Oh, that makes some sense actually. Rabbi Kiva saying, wait a minute. She says you can never have anything. Well, as we just explained, Andrew, there is, and we discussed it in Ksubis, a requisite amount that she has to give, right? You'll, you'll remember this from Samech Dalet, the five slime. There's, that's the minimum that she's asked to give him. Okay, but what if she's making mad bank, Andrew? What if she's making tons of kosher money? She's, she's, she's pulling down three mil a year. So, wait a minute. Huh. So, granted, she doesn't have to make a nether on the minimum that she has to give him. But what about all that extra stuff, right? That stuff, if he wants to be able to enjoy it, he better revoke her nether. He better be made for it, right? So Sir Yochanan bin Nuri, however, says, Yafer. He says also, so again, Rabbi Kiva says you should do that farce nadarim because there may be a lot of odef. Rabbi Yochanan bin Nuri says you should be made for the nether, but for a different reason. What's his reason? Yafer, Shema Yergarshena, Usahi Asura Alav. An unbelievable idea. What happens if he divorces her? So again, 
she made a net there that she's that she can't give him his stuff. Now Rabbi Kiva's shita makes a lot of sense, right? She made a net that she's never going to give him anything. Okay, so so again, the case where she said she makes a net that she's never going to give anybody else, so that everyone says she you can't even be made for that. That she's allowed to do, but to but vis a vis her husband now it gets complicated. Can she withhold any funds from her husband? So really, she can't withhold the basic funds, but can she withhold the like extra funds? So Rikiva says, yes, she could. So therefore, you better be made for that nether. That's a davar shebeinolaveino. To be sure, as the mafarshim explained. Okay, fine. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, he's interesting here. He's saying a different thing. I don't know why he. And we'll discuss this in the Gemara. Why he would argue Rikiva makes so much sense, but now he's saying a different, an additional thing that. What happens if she makes the nether and now the husband can't have hana from her, but obviously the requisite hana he can have, meaning the minimum he could take. But then he divorces her. So once he divorces her, to asura love, he'll never be able to bring her back. That's why he should be made for the nether. Because why? Because once he divorces her, they're not married. Once they're not married, she doesn't have any of the obligations of marriage to him. And then she can't reassume those obligations through marriage because she already made a nether against those obligations. So, of course, it becomes interesting to see why would Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri argue with Rabbi Akiva? Oh. So, Amr Shmuel, to make matters more interesting, we get to the Gemara, and Shmuel says, Halacha Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Unbelievable. Now, Right, there's a lot here. We're going to try to keep through turbulent waters. We're going to try to keep some straight shot, right, without getting, without losing ourselves in the weeds. Shmuel unbelievably said that the halacha here is like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Wait a minute. Why the halacha is according to Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri seems like it would be the same, right? The both of them say they should just be made for the nether. So it must be Shmuel for whatever reason agrees with the with the reasoning of Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Okay, so let's assume he agrees with his reasoning. The Gemara says, if that's the case, must be that a woman, I'm sorry, that, that, that Shmuel holds that a person can be makdish, something that has not yet come into existence. Now, we discussed this in Ksubis. The question is, why would this have to do with makdish something? So it's like this. Okay. First of all, as far as what the halacha of Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri versus Rabbi Kiva is, it must be that Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri agrees with the Tanakama that the husband owns the excess production. That would have to be what it means with regards to that halacha, because that is actually right. That's what is, we discuss in the Mishnah on Daf Nun Tes and Ahmed Beis and Ksubis. That's what the Ron explains over here. So that, and the Ron is on Ahmed Bez, by the way, in case you were looking for it. It ran off to the next page, as we will soon enough, Andrew. But the point is, that's what, first of all, we mean by halacha, Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. In other words, Rabbi Kiva splits it up. Rabbi Kiva holds that the requisite right amount that the woman makes, her maise, a dime, as it were, right, that only the minimum is owed to the husband and everything else you could be made for. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri Right, and this is you have to dig into the Rishonim to 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 to, to tease us out of the Gemara, and you have to have a working knowledge of Ksubis and the Machlokas in therein. 
that Rabbi Yochanan Manuri holds that no, anything the wife makes, right? It's a joint bank account, Andrew. Anything the wife makes goes to the husband. And therefore, even that she can't be made for. Uh, even that she can't withhold from him. So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan Manuri holds that the reason why Right, the woman, why the, we encourage or we tell the husband that he has to be made for her netter is not because she gets to keep her excess money. That's not, that's still beinolavena, right? I, I mean, it's not, be, that's still something that she has to give him. And therefore, she, he, he wouldn't even have to be made for that, right? Whereas Rabbi Kiva holds that that's something beinolavena and that really, that's something already that she has the authority over. Rabbi Yochanan Maniri holds that she does not have authority over that. And therefore, she owes all her mice dime to her husband. Okay. Now, again, we're not going to get bogged down in Ksubis and say, is this a case where the husband is supporting her or not supporting her? Let's just assume this fundamental machlokas. The Rabbi Kiva holds that a woman gets to keep her excess and Rabbi Yochanan Maniri holds that everything goes to the husband. So if you assume everything goes to the husband, and therefore, why would the woman be able to make another that, right, why would the husband even have to be made for another when she says that, all of her money is not going to go to her husband. And the answer is because if he divorces her, according to Yochanan Minuri, then he can't take her back, as we, just, as we explained. Now, what the Gemara is saying over here is, wait a minute, that's a, really far fl- that's a really far-flung eventuality. That seems to imply that you hold that when it comes to futures, right, that you could take something that's not yet in this world, and you can already now establish some sort of a logic reality about that thing. So an analogy would be hekdesh. Hekdesh is you have an animal, right? And you say, this thing that has not yet come into existence, I'm going to be makdashit when it does come into existence. That, whether you could do that, was a huge machlokas and discussion that we had in Ksubas, right? So now, the fact that Shmuel holds like Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri, says the Gemara, amazingly, right, means that Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Nuri has an additional aspect to his halacha. So first thing he holds is that all the money is supposed to go to the husband. And as a consequence of that, he holds that the reason why you're made for it is because what's going to happen after the divorce. Now, if you're concerned about what's going to happen after the divorce, must mean that you can make a nether about something that's uh, some eventuality, right, that's going to happen that hasn't even yet occurred. You, I can, so as a woman, right, I can make, right, the future like the future Hanah that you're going to get, that you're going to have to get after the divorce, I could already be made for it now, even though those circumstances don't even exist yet. So that would be similar to be, being makdash, something that doesn't exist yet, right? And therefore, right, we say, however, that Shmuel can't hold this way. Why? Because you're in money. Because Shmuel has this, uh, a ruling with respect to something similar in a different context, which is what? Hamakdash maisei dei isho. Right? This is the mission in Ksubas Nunches that we discussed. That if a person is, says, whatever, you know what, I don't need to be supported by my wife. Whatever my wife makes, I'm going to make it Hekdesh as we turn to pay Hamid Beis. Hare Osa Ve'ocheles. Right? The Mefarish explains over here, Hare Osa Right? His obligation to support her blocks this Hekdesh. Because it's like a nether. Which is to say, right? She can work and she can eat and support herself with the pro- proceeds, right? That's what it means. So he's, Makdash is my, her Maisei dime. Nope, she can have the Maisei dime. Vamosar, she can have the requisite Maisei dime. Vamosar, and that's what's left over. What do you do? 
or Meir Omer Hekdesh, or Meir Omer that, that it works. So when it comes to the leftovers, it, you can be Makdish, the Maisei Adaim, which, by the way, have not happened yet. Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, Omer Chulin. Rabbi Yochanan Sandler says that, no, that that, that Hekdesh doesn't work. Now, why wouldn't it work to be Makdish? And why would it remain Chulin? Because it means that you cannot be Makdish something that did not come Olam yet. And therefore, Shmuel, by saying that he holds like Rabbi Yochanan Sandler, Alma the Makdish We assume that the reason why Rabbi Yochanan Sandler holds that it's still Chulin is because Rabbi Yochanan Sandler holds that you can't be Makdish Shalobal Olam, right? So, what was the case in, in the Mishnah in Ksubis Nanches? He was Makdish and It didn't work, Andrew. It didn't work because those Maisei didn't happen yet. And therefore, we have now a contradiction within Shmuel. He agrees with Rabbi Yochanan Benuri in our Mishnah, which seems to imply that you can uh, be concerned and already make a nether about something Shalobal Olam. And then he agrees with Rabbi Yochanan Sandler in the Mishnah in Ksubis, makes it sound like you can't. So what what gives? It says the Gemara. In other words, right? Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yochanan Manuri had had a machlokus in a Mishnah. Maybe he's only talking about a totally different thing. That that machlokus had to do with the hadafa. In other words, oh, right. We already said that there's really two things going on in our Mishnah. Maybe he only he only argued about the Adafa, but not the Dovish Shalobal Olam aspect of the Machlokas, right? In other words, Maybe what Shmuel meant is like this, that I agree with Yochum Nuri with regards to Adafa, that it should all go to the husband. How, the, oh, no, no, so, sorry, so if what you're going to say, I'm sorry, let's read the Gemara straight, that if what you're going to say is really Yochum Nuri is going to agree with Rabbi Akiva, it's only Machlokas Rabbi Akiva's whether the husband gets to keep the, the extra, the excess, and, and, and really, he's going to otherwise, you know, not talk, right? The aspect of Davish Olam is not what he's talking about. He would, he would agree with that respect. If that was really the pshat, then that's what it should say. In other words, he just said categorically that the halacha is like Yochanan Benuri. If what he meant that it was only like Rabbi Yochanan Benuri as opposed to Rabbi Kiva with respect to Adafa, then he should have said so. Or Inami, halacha katana kama. Or he could have said, or Inami Kiva. Right? He could have said it any one of three ways, right, if that was really what the Machlokas was. But the fact that he, right, didn't say it that way and said it kind of categorically really seems to, right, imply that, that he has a, a Machlokas over here with, uh, with Rabbi Yochanan Sanla with respect to Davashalobala Olam. So we have to find a different resolution to the steer within Shmuel. And so Rabbi Yosef is going to come forward as follows. El Amr, Rabbi Yosef, shiny konamos. But the two cases are very different. Don't forget. The case in our Mishnah is when he makes a neder, right? Hoel ve'adam oiser peros chavero alav. What was the neder? That the woman made a neder that her husband can't have anything of, uh, right, any of her, right, earnings in the future. Well, when it comes to such a neder, Adam oise peros chaver alav. A person can always prohibit the fruits. We already said that, right? I can make a neder. So this is an interesting thing that when we're going to talk about maknes shalodavar laolam, we just try to make analogies between the the hekdesh and ksubas and the idea of right being making a neder about future hanaz in our masechta of nadarim. Those two are two very different cases because we already have in nadarim implied a certain aspect of Dover Shalobal Olam. What do I mean? Because when I make a nether, Andrew, we're so used to it. I say you can never have any of my fruit. Well, if my fruit, right, that, if my fruit hadn't come into existence yet, we never 
argued about we assume that that works. So there's an aspect of anticipation of future things that's built into these nadarim, right? All of other Moshe Paris Chaverlam. I could always make my Paris usher to you, even the future ones with regards to the Dharm. So he said, So therefore, the woman, when she makes such a nether, it makes sense for her to be to usher her, her, her earnings to her husband in the future. Um, and and so that's different than hektish, because hektish is a whole different thing. The animal has to be, or the object, as it were, has to be in existence to make something hektish. So nadarim of futures and Hektish of futures are two totally different things. And Dharma futures always works. Hektish of futures never works. So this is not really what we're talking about. This is not really essential to the machlokas of Dava Shalom Olam. However, Amalei Abaye, Abaye changed of Yosef, but said like this, Bishleim Adam Oisip Peros Chavero love. Shari Adam Oisip Peros of Chavero. Yes, so now he splits it and he says, when it comes to Nadarim, however, I understand. I can say, Andrew can never have any of my fruit. And there's a Chetzegavar here, issue here also. It's because like anything that comes from me, Andrew, you're not going to be able to have. And that's because I can also be, make my Peros also to you uh, through a Nadar Hanah. However, can, we can extrapolate can I prohibit you a davar shalobala olam for you? Well, yes, for, of mine. But I can't tell Andrew that he can never have the Paris Chavero. I can't make a nether that you can never have the Paris of Barry, right? That I can never do. So even within Konamos, it's not exactly, it's not exactly clear, right? Because in other words, Abayah says the two cases are not always the same. You can't compare Right, osa peros chavero alav to osa peros chavero. The konamos is more like osa peros chavero, and so therefore there is a parallel with hekdesh that's really more similar, not to me ossering my peros to you, Andrew, but me ossering Barry's peros to you, and that's something that we cannot do. So says Yeshua, a different answer, right? Then Rabbi Yosef, what's this Shmuel contradiction? It says beomeris yikachu yodei no, the case must be a different case. Where the woman says, this already brings us back to Ksubis. That's what she said in Ksubis, right? In other words, really, in Ksubis, we learned that when the woman says that the husband can't get my proceeds, she didn't mean my future. She, mean my, she, she brought it to her actual hands, remember? And her hands certainly are in this world. The Adayim is Olam, and the hands are actually in this world, right? So maybe we'll pick up Amra, four lines up from the bottom, tomorrow, right? How does this work that a woman can be Mikadish her own hands and in that way withhold her future earnings from her husband? <laughs>